Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. I'm the wind. Still here. Still here. This is episode two, breaking down the OC, ready to crush it. <laughs> we start off in the pool, episode two. Everything's chill. All is forgiven. Um, all, all's forgiven with the... So all of a sudden, Seth just no longer cares that Ryan was trying to hook up with, with yeah. his dream girl. Okay. Yeah, they're fine again. He's, he's forgiven him. He's probably still buzzing pretty hard on having a friend for the first time. So, oh, Choker Watch. Choker Watch still on episode 2. So, we're tracking Choker and Puka Shell Watch as we go throughout this entire season. So far, Ryan Choker still very much on choking the shit out of him, can barely breathe. It's leather and he has it on. It's leather, he's got it on. He's got the wrist thing on as well. That never comes off, but we're good. So, we'll keep you updated. We'll on keep this. We'll, we're going to keep that updated. Um so the biggest thing as we start off, I noticed they're in the kitchen and Kirsten is still pushing for Ryan to go into a group home. It makes me go insane because I can't stand when people are just pontificating and in this episode, Sandy is just pontificating. He just keeps saying, hey, I was this kid. Yeah. And it's like, when would that ever work? When would that ever work? Like if you if you brought a prepubes no he's post pubescent kid home who's yeah. like been arrested like fifteen different times. I fully plan on doing this. As yeah, a midlife crisis. I'm the, gonna do that. W- would your significant other just be like, hey, probably it's not? Cool. <laughs> no. So like, if your significant other brought a kid home and then just kept saying to you like, hey, I was this kid growing up, wouldn't you just be like? Well, fuck that. Great. Yeah, c- cool. Like, good good thing you got out of it, but let's not, like, go yeah. back into that. Kirsten's definitely painted like the villain, and I remember watching this the first time thinking she was so uptight and thinking she was just kind of a bad person yeah. for not wanting to do this. But, yeah, the pressure is real to bring in a complete stranger off the street and make him your son. It's, it's real. Okay, so a couple other things. One... I saw you take down some really good notes about when Sandy comes in and sees Seth in the bed. Why don't you, why don't you go into that? Oh, yeah. So this is why. So it's the night of the escape. Bags are packed. Hoodies are on. They're all ready to get out of there. Um, Sandy walks in on Seth, who's supposedly sleeping. <laughs> Seth, real quick, gets the covers over him, jumps in the bed as if nothing's happening. Um, Sandy barges in. Pretty sure he sits on the end of the bed. And they just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have okay. a little conversation. Yeah. When I'm a dad, that's never happening. Yeah, no. Uh, my worst nightmare. If when I have a teenager, I am just going to literally assume that at all moments of the day, all moments, they are and they're up in their room with the door closed. They're beating off. Yeah, so they're guaranteed. Yeah. It's so, a it's a call as I'm walking up the stairs. Yeah. Call again as I'm approaching the door. I'm knock, yelling. Wait. I'm, knock, knock. Are you in there? 
I'm just... yeah. I'm literally as soon as I I so I honk the horn up as I'm pulling up to the house. If I know my son is at home alone, smart. I honk the horn up for half of the neighborhood until I pull into the driveway. I may even just run my car accidentally into the garage door so that it creates a physical commotion on the house because look that's my, son, my son my <laughs> son your parents are gonna add up by then you're gonna have the bose headphones it, they'll be 3d porn i mean you'll just be fully into your virtual. oh i didn't even think about that yeah you're yeah, gonna catch your kids so much because this, of the goggles yeah, this is 2003 so you're literally the vr porn uh by the time we have kids that are teenagers they're gonna just be full-on just fucking robots at that point and their own avatars so it doesn't matter but so yeah i create a physical commotion i i literally when i come up the stairs i i might fall down the stairs one or two times so that it just creates an extra amount of commotion and then by the time i get to my son's room i have yelled his name 37 times i bang on the door and then i give a good like 500 mississippi weight that's smart. After I bang on the door and then I go in. I think my plan is just going to be before I go up the stairs, I'm just going to disconnect the house Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah, that's a good plan. Disconnect it. Yeah, give yeah. It a, yeah. Give it a, maybe a 10 count. power. And then, yeah. and then just go in there. What I'm not going to do is what Sandy did. Barge in completely just, you know. That's a rookie sit. dad move. I feel like that's a rookie dad move. And by the time you have a teenager, you got to be better than that. Like, you got to be a veteran with like coming in on your son who is just wailing away on himself. Definitely a weak moment for Sandy. Okay, so let's just let's just hit a couple more of these here. So so what happens is they're at the model home. By the way, um, an ongoing segment that we're going to have here is called MC ITW of the week. It's Marissa Cooper is the worst. Basically, we're just going to keep a running tally on how bad Marissa sucks ass because hands down the worst girlfriend of all time, hands down. Um, so that, that'll that be a segment that you'll see ongoing. We're trying to lock down a sponsor right now. Yeah. That We're going to get one. I think yeah. we've got one in mind. We've been having conversations with a few different companies. I'm pretty excited for that segment. It's basically going to be for our female listeners who do want to be a girlfriend or maybe are. Yeah, just, our one female listener. Just watch whatever Marissa does and just do, do the opposite. Yeah. And then do the you'll opposite. have a great relationship. Okay, so that's going to be upcoming. Um all right, quick. Just one thing I want to say about Ryan as 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 he's in the model home, um, and this is before this is before uh, Kirsten comes in with Jimmy and everything. But so when Ryan's just there by himself, Ryan is just working out at the model home like it's a prison yard. Yeah, and I'm just confused because he's doing pull ups, and based on his body type, it literally looks like. He has never done anything outside of bicep curls his entire fucking life. So when they're showing him doing pull-ups, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Just have him do bicep curls because it's clear. Ben Buttons McKenzie has never done anything outside of a bicep curl. Weakest shoulders of all time. They have this guy always wearing a wife beater. And and I'm just like, if I were a girl, I'd be like, hey, you know what I love? Great shoulder definition. Ben Buttons McKenzie doesn't fucking have it. Uh, to drill it out even further, he might be working the biceps because he's doing our... If you were doing like a, a reverse well, grip... Uh, yeah, but he's just... He's never done the shoulders before. Regardless, or anything else. Whatever his workout plan is, it has turned his body into not a 16-year-old body. 
No. It's definitely more it's of a... a 25-year-old? <laughs> yeah. Minimum. Yeah. Because, yeah. So, the other thing, you know... He needs to work on the lean muscles a little bit. We were talking about it at one point. We were just curious, like, have we ever seen Ryan's calves? Because... I'm excited to. It's... It's been a while. And, you know, I think you you do see him at some point, but a there's flash? debate. You do? You get a peek? De- well, he joined the soccer team for a second. I don't like it. <laughs> he the, instead, so instead of them having Ryan's like a Tasmanian devil. He's he's literally like a worker, a workhorse, like got low center of gravity. He's he's five six with his boots off, with his boots on. He's maybe six four and a half. Again, he wears these platform boots to be Marissa's height. Um, I just I don't know why they haven't played soccer later in the season. But it doesn't make sense. Uh, you'd have the perfect body for like a DB maybe. I would even say like fullback. A fullback? Because he's like low center of gravity. Get in there. Yeah. Maybe like a free safety. The I would, you would have been a, a better pick. Well, this you is another want him question. As a corner. You wouldn't want him as a corner. He's. I don't know if he's quick enough. He's yeah, more maybe stocky. like a nickel, something like that. I don't know. Bring how him fast in. He is. I bet you Ryan's got decent speed. He's he. he his running, yeah, it's a little weird. Not to completely bring us off track, but is there a football team in California? Yeah, yeah. I no, mean, like football school. Football's never mentioned in this. It's water well, polo. So- oh, it's yeah. soccer. It's it's probably just one of those things where they really want to hit the stereotypes of California. And one of the things that separates California is that they have a water polo. Team. Water polo. Yeah, that's yeah. valid. All right, so now. We get to the point where they're meeting up with Kirsten and Jimmy at the model home. They all meet up there. Jimmy Cooper and Kirsten Cohen are having a clandestine meeting at the model home to discuss. Uh, they're having some kind of a lunch that Jimmy set up. Yeah. Okay. So, if you are, if you're Seth and you know that you're like your mom and and your neighbor's dad full on obsessed with each other the the one that got away and you've even moved in next to each other so that you can keep this like sexual tension like alive and well naturally like you would if you see them come to this weird model home like in the middle of nowhere what's the first like four guesses you're gonna make is happening when they walk in there oh I'm sure his stomach cramps were through the roof you would well, you would have BJ 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 that would be all four of them <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. like, there's no chance that they're all sitting there so Jimmy and Jimmy the Snake Tate Donovan comes in with Kirsten and they just start talking talking brass tacks business right off the bat yeah they're all upstairs they don't know that they're watching them i would have well the snake does bring up their high school kiss yeah yeah for obviously again like more proof that you cannot take whatever girl you dated for like your first love of all time and like continue a relationship once you guys break up because still, every conversation, even when he needs to ask you for a hundred thousand dollar loan because he's fucked all of his friends out of out of their money, it's still gonna lead with you talking about like when you guys made out twenty years ago back in high school. It's the weirdest fucking shit in the world. So if I'm if I'm Seth, I'm literally like, oh my god, please God, I don't want to see my mom just like get yeah, down and start just, sucking this. Yeah, guy's I'm gonna have to see my mom give a BJ right here. <laughs> Yeah. That's kind of what you, you're led to believe as the viewer is going through pure, his mind. Pure insanity. So 
Things are the, tense. That's the, that's the other crazy thing to me is that literally she's talking about would you ever have it happen where you're just like gonna whatever the amount of money is you're just gonna take a certain amount of money out that is like as big of a deal as like a hundred thousand dollars and just not run it by your husband hey you call your financial guy at like midnight on a Saturday which is what she did to be like hey Alan uh, my financial guy Alan um, can you wire a hundred K over to my ex-boyfriend please <laughs> like, I don't I, well, well kind of the thing that they, they, they set up with Kirsten um, and Sandy's relationship is it's a, like a it's a game of poker chips like clearly Sandy's cashing a lot of chips with bringing the new kid into the house so she's like ooh I've got enough room oh she's trying to get she's like out. well she's like she's like clearly like like uh, I have enough like leeway where I can do something a little shady and it's fine like you know we're neutral right now I'm just not totally clear am I am I right that? about that well I just I'm not clear on that on the power dynamic we need to constantly one up each other on who has the power in this relationship that's kind of who's, who's doing the more fucked out thing yeah it's kind of how they seem to play it I get yeah I guess that's their dynamic when I go back yeah. and think about it like another insane thing as I'm just looking at this is Sandy's hair is just wild for he doesn't have dad hair he doesn't have dad hair. That's 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 perfectly correct. Like, he he's trying to pull off this. The bangs are just wild. Like, was this an O three? Yeah. This was an O three thing. I, I think so. Yeah. With the bangs, I think. Well, if your dad had that it, haircut, what's your first thought? Uh, I mean, I I have no he's idea. He's trying to get a ton of pussy. Probably, <laughs> because here's the thing. In O three. Nobody that I knew my age combed their hair because it wasn't cool. I'm a 30-year-old man now, so I comb my hair. Right. He's in the show. He's, you know, 40 years old. He's still trying to get away with the shaggy high school. Yeah, I have to. With a brush or a comb? It's like a a brush. Like I'll brush it back. Every morning? Yeah. Can you tell? Look. No. (laughs) And eventually (laughs) you can't tell. I, I don't keep a comb, but if I don't comb it, it's looking pretty crazy. So, back in 03, you're saying... I just let it ride. But now that I'm a 30-year-old man, I have to kind of comb it. So, So so I I look like a reasonable human being. So, Sandy also has this thing where, like, he's just hanging on to being young so hard. Every morning he goes and surfs, and then he makes a comment as he comes home, like, Oh, honey, you should have seen it. It was fucking popping off today. Six feet, and I was fucking torn up. Like, it's... Take it down a notch. Like, we I get I, the, it. The, we get okay, it. You're so cool. The perfect scene in this entire episode happened when, and I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on the timeline here, but the perfect scene in the episode happens when Sandy's, it's the first time, again, like we said, these people are getting, it's clear they're getting like the family Cohen dynamic just down, and it's awesome. Uh, Sandy's in the car with Seth. Seth's still like going under this guise of like, I don't know where Ryan is. I don't know what he's doing. Lying to the cops. Lying to the cops. And Sandy's trying to just, like, start to milk in a bunch of being a dad. Like, I got to give a bunch of stuff. And the best was Seth just goes, like, after he he goes on this, like, whole long diatribe about, I hope you would never do that, Seth. You would never run away from home. And (laughs) Seth, like, shows... This is where I feel like this is the episode you see, like, his comic relief, like, really come out. Because his response is just, dude, dad, take it down a notch. Like, just 
relax. Great moment. It was a great moment. It was a great. It was like the. It was a perfect, perfect moment. Okay, so then we're in the model home. Uh, yeah. Jimmy the Snake Cooper asked for a hundred grand from Kirsten. She's Insane. totally fine with it. Uh, she hides it from Sandy. She transfers the money over to him. So that's kind of where we are with them. Uh, meanwhile, Ryan's trying to figure out what his next move is. So they go to the diner to hang out. Uh, at the diner, they have a run-in Fight. with Luke. Yeah. All right. So I just want to say, too, again, Marissa fucking sucks. Like, what would you do if if you literally are – you're at a restaurant – with your with your friends, like two of your bros, and you look over and your girlfriend is just with another guy. She she told you that she was going to like go get her nails and hair done so that she didn't have to go out on the boat with you. And then you just randomly go to the pier to get a sandwich and you see her in a booth with another dude. Yeah, I think like I think I'm mad, right? <laughs> yeah, you're just like this chick fucking sucks. Like, I'm keyed up, and if I have an encounter with the dudes, and then... So, I don't blame Luke. I don't blame Luke for being all charged up. Obviously, he's he's taking his inner rage on having the worst girlfriend of all time, projecting it out right. onto... Oh, I can't beat the shit out of my girlfriend, obviously. No. But I can I can try I can try and beat the I, I guess I'll, I can beat the shit out of this other dude. So also, it seems like we're both coming down on Luke being like not that bad of a guy. Seemingly. I mean, like he's the villain. Now that in the I've show. let this age a little bit, and it's not you know it's fifteen yeah. years. It's 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 post fifteen years. I literally feel like I'm Team Luke one hundred percent. Kind of siding with him. Not to mention he has a couple sweet jabs in the restaurant. Uh, yeah, but pretty, Ryan does have the ultimate sweet jab because oh, even yeah. though Luke... There is a pretty good exchange there. A pretty yeah. sweet eight-mile jab. Mean, you're just like two heavyweight fighters just, you know, verbally just going at each yeah, other like nice. two titans. Like, it, just in the ring. I mean, it's 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 Luke with his, his IQ that's, that's hovering right around like 45, yeah. 42. Ryan's probably in the same ballpark. Well, he's a little, little bit dumber than he was in episode one where he was like, uh, <laughs> basically... Like, yeah. A genius. Yeah, He's just kind of normal now. So I think they realized when they did the testing after season one, like we talked about, okay, maybe Ryan doesn't need to be a savant yeah. genius who's just like doesn't had really a bad luck situation. Sense. Maybe we'll just have him be like a heart of gold, good dude inside, and good head on his shoulders and he had a bad situation. So they trade some jabs. So Luke does have some good lines, but then Ryan ends it with just the classic, like, you know what I hate about rich kids, punch. Wait, what does he say? You fucked oh, it no, up. Oh, no, no, fuck it. You fucked it up exactly Sorry, yeah. like you would do in the moment. Yeah, yeah, my bad. He says, you know what I like about rich kids? Yeah. Punch, nothing. Nothing, yeah. So, classic so line that I fucked up. God. Classic line. Um, in the few, uh, the rare um, confrontational encounters I have, I never say anything good. It's always bad. In all your fights? All your fist fights? Any, like, any semi, semi, uh... Charged up. Semi-charged up encounter, like, you know, if I'm heated up, never say anything cool or good. Never. All all I think about if I'm talking shit to someone is, I walk away and I go, fuck! Fuck, should've said this. God damn it, that would've been amazing. That That was dumb. Uh, These guys always nail it. Always. appreciate that. That's credit to Josh. Yeah, big credit there. That's just the writer. So, um... Real quick, about Luke, last thing I'll say about Luke is that also 
heart of gold on this guy. Like, so they then go back to the they model home and literally they just get into a fight. Okay, first off, real quick, back to Marissa sucking. Marissa's literally there. She after the fight, instead of her going and hanging out with Luke and hey man, I'm so sorry I was hanging out with this other guy. I apologize. Like, what can I do to make it up for you? I shouldn't have been doing that. She goes directly to the model home where Ryan has like 37 candles lit in one room. And it's like clearly a fire's about to happen. Idiot. It looks like a fire well before the fire Idiot. actually happens. So she's there. And then again, it's like clear like, oh, these two are just about to hook up. Like I, I don't – worst girlfriend of all time. She bounces because Ryan makes some sweet line like, we're from two different worlds, God. baby. Yeah, like it's probably. just like – it's Probably one of my favorite OC moments. Yes, yeah, because it's clear. Marissa like, being a terrible girlfriend does lead to some pretty sweet emotional moments. Yeah, it's it's like one of those things where it's like obviously if you're from the other side of the tracks. Yeah. And and you have someone like Marissa who's just like at a ten out of ten on being like fully into you because you're so forbidden the taboo yeah. you're just drenched yeah. in taboo. Oh yeah. You make a line like, look. We're from two different worlds. Yeah. What do you want from me? Way into like yeah, so into so it. So she she just I don't know why she starts crying. And she walks in. Here I'll paint the scene for you. Yeah. She walks in. Uh, Ryan's there by himself, brooding. There is uh, <laughs> yeah, brooding. <laughs> no less than three hundred uh, loose candles around the room. Yeah. The song Hallelujah is playing. I'm not yeah. sure who's doing the cover, but uh, it's just it's coming in really low and slow and just fucking. Rushing. Song is could be Josh so Ray, who knows? But I know that uh, little little nice preview to the yeah. to the uh, Jeff Buckley version. Is that Jeff Buckley they play at the I think finale? So. I think so. Uh, anyways, love the song. We'll keep touching back on it because it comes back it's in a, the yeah, theme. Um, she's trying to convince him to stay. She wants to sleep over. She wants him to stay in the OC. Yeah, she wants to sleep over. Like, what is that? She's being a bad girlfriend. It's fine, but it's good for the drama. She says, I want you to stay. He says, I can't stay. Two different worlds. Two different worlds. I mean, he says, if you stay, I don't think I could leave. Oh, yeah. Fucking, uh, yeah. just good. That's nails just good. It. Yeah, nails it. That's when the music just cues up a little higher and you're just, like, feeling it. Um, yeah, and then she, so then she cries and she just, like, runs out. First off, again, another disgusting thing for me. If I ever see a girl run out like that, cry and run, like, I... I, it just immediately disgusted. Like, you can't handle your shit a little better. Like, yeah. be cooler about leaving when you're crying. Like, I, I'm a fan of girls, like, jogging. It's cool. But, like, out of that context, when they're running, it looks weird. Like, she looked really weird when I'm she was honest, running. I'm I don't there. like watching girls run. That's Turn fair. off for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Whitney. <laughs> That's fair. Sorry, Whitney. I just don't... I, hey, that's fair. It's not, it's not my thing. I so, mean, Sorry, all girls listening. Uh, BD, <laughs> I love the honesty. The no I do listening. love the honesty. Sorry, girl fans. Uh, that's Sorry fine. Sorry to the no girls that are listening. That's fine. So, all right. Anyways, Luke's out there when she leaves. Pissed. As as I would be too. Like, I just feel like, what the fuck? He goes in there with his crew. Obviously, it's time to beat some ass. Yeah. Uh, Ryan makes some sweet state. What was his line there? Oh, dude. He says, 
He said, Luke rolls in. He says, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Ryan says, kill me and quit talking about oh, him. Oh, yeah. Kill me and qu- quit talking about him, fucking bitch. God. Like, it was, Ryan's it was in rare form this episode. Really good Ryan episode. Yeah, really good, really good Ryan episode. Anyways, they get into a massive fight again. This is what I was saying earlier. Luke's got a heart of gold. I'm fully on Team Luke. Ryan, they get into a fight. Ryan's like, I call it like an even match. Like, I think they both got their good... Like, yeah. they both got their shots in. But either way, like, Luke's got his friends to pick him up when they both, like, beat each other's ass. Ryan doesn't have that. So Luke comes back for him when Ryan's just about to die in the fire. Grabs him, pulls him out, essentially saves his life. After almost killing him. After almost killing him. But that's how you know, like, deep down, good character guy. Yeah. And pulls him out. They meet up. And then, yeah, I think it just... It all it all crescendos into the cops are at Cohen the Cohen's house and they're trying to like lie to the cops and then Ryan and Luke just come in and Ryan's like this is where you know Ryan's a super good dude he's like yeah hey it was me I'm yep. not gonna run from this shit it was me owns up to it and then this is how you know again that Luke is there's some good in there because Luke goes I was there too yeah cuff them both it's just really a case of two alpha males. Good guys yeah. after the same girl. Yeah. Butting heads, sparks are flying. I mean, I mean, game on for sure. Um, can we do a quick touchback about five minutes before the episode ends? It's Jimmy Cooper. <laughs> yeah. This is really annoying me. This is less really than... annoying me in this scene. He just got the hundred thousand dollars from uh, yeah. his so high he's, school girlfriend. He's, he's drinking. Kirsten. He's drinking a spritzer. He's feeling really it's, good about himself. Unclear, but it looks like a flavored malt beverage that he's sitting in his. Are we sure it wasn't a Corona? In his den, I, they don't really show it because of the product placement thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it looked like a flavored malt beverage. Either way, he, he went or, from like uh, at the end of his rope, super high strung, to just the coolest cucumber you could possibly imagine. Chilling, watching, watching ESPN classic. Yeah. So this is when we realized that Jimmy Cooper. Is obsessed with ESPN Classic games. Um, he obviously just refuses to get out of the past. He like moved yeah. right next to his ex girlfriend. Yeah. Immediately next to her, he's watching games from the '80s. He won't even watch a basketball game like set in current time. There's probably a game going and, on that you know, he could be watching. Also, let's keep in mind this is 2003. This is like at, they live like right by Los Angeles. This is as the Lakers are like. Is this like Kobe the, Shaq? Yeah, this is Kobe Shaq. They're literally in the midst of like three straight championships. Like, no, not even a concern of his. He's watching old Lakers games as they're in the middle of a dynasty. He's watching old Lakers games, and then what? What? what the massive glitch of the the season happens. So. They they dub in. They have to dub in. Jimmy Cooper clearly says the correct thing of 1988 Celtics Pistons finals that he's watching on ESPN Classic. For some reason, the show are so ant- like non sports fans that they dub in 1986 in post editing. It's just the weirdest thing in the world. You see his lips move and say 1988. The subtitles say 1988. Yet he verbalizes 1986 when the Celtics are playing the Rockets in the finals. Yeah, go back and watch this one. Go it's back a, and it's watch an interesting it. tidbit. You, right. You'll be just as confused as we were. Let's wrap it. We're done. We're waiting. That's over. Uh, episode two. Can't wait till the next one.
check out more Vicarious Living episodes, follow us on SoundCloud at Vicarious Living. You'll know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. He's just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured. <laughs>